Hello, everyone, and welcome to another American Scouser podcast, the Thursday edition. And we have quite the unique edition going today. We have Chris Strain. I'm your host, as always, Timuchin, um, filling in for actually, we're kind of like taking turns with Galley on these Thursday ones, but I'm kind of excited for this one with a whole new crew here. So we have Chris Strain making a comeback, the DJ. <laughs> The DJ of them all from Knoxville. Chris, what's happening, man? How's it going, man? It's good to be back. And also, well, formerly of Tampa, I guess, but now <laughs> in Atlanta, we have David Rice with us. What's going on, David? How much? What's going on? David actually just had his first piece go up on the website yesterday, so we will be going back to that and like kind of like going over that. At least it ties to our... Wembley trip. If Jamie was here, he would be singing as we speak. But speaking of Jamie, we will start with his 60-second recap. Just because Jamie isn't here doesn't mean he doesn't do the recap. <laughs> so we'll start with that. And then I find out kind of like talk about the Leeds game first, and then obviously get ready for the weekend. But let's go with Jamie first. That is right, folks. It's news in 60 seconds time. I hope we're all suitably excited for Wembley. Anyway, get your stopwatches out. It's go time. Straight in at number one, it's Mo Salah. 27 goals and 31 appearances. He's reached 20-plus goals. Five seasons in a row now at Liverpool. Another three goals this season. And he reaches 30 for his third time at LFC. He's going to be the first player since Robbie Fowler in the 90s to do that. Not too bad for a one-season wonder. In at number two, it's the LFC women's game this Sunday. The Vitality fifth round of the FA Cup live on BBC. Live on BBC at 12 p.m. local GMT time just before our Cup final day. Uh, and finally, with LFC set to release the financial results of the 2021 season in the coming days, news emerging this week of a new partnership with a cloud storage company based in Boston named Wasabi Technology. But also, great news in an extension on an existing deal, EA Sports deal, who we've been linked with since 2019, EA Sports cranking out some quality LFC content, all for us fans. That's it, folks. The news in 60 seconds. We are the greatest team in Europe, and we're going to Wembley. Where there is Jamie, there is always singing. So thanks, Jamie. We got the 60 seconds, and let's start with that game. Um, I mean, you guys know me. I'm always nervous. But, um, you know, before any game, I'm always nervous. But, yeah, it was kind of like one of those pleasure to watch. And you know who was happy? This guy right here, Stitch. Because that guy gets a snack every time we score. And, yeah, we're trying to actually have him lose weight. He's pretty chubby for that golden retriever but yeah the league's <laughs> game definitely blew the diet out the window so let's start with this lineup first because i think now that we have death it's going to be one of those things that every time we see the lineup chris there is going to be one or two shockers that we did not expect uh yeah. what did you think when you first see this lineup um i kind of looked at it and i didn't see jones's name uh, at, like straight away um, first thing I looked at was the goalkeeper. We, you know, we had a conversation in the Discord um, about that, about whether Kelleher would play this game and get a warm-up for Sunday or whether Allison would play it. And um, it turns out Allison was coming in. But then I realized Jones, and I was like, wait, where did Curtis Jones come from? Because he, didn't even, he wasn't even in the squad 
for the last game. And all of a sudden, he came straight in. And it was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, why? Where's Harvey? Okay, maybe they're saving him for Sunday. What's going on here? And to be fair to the kid, I mean, he he, it was a 50-50 game for him. You know, he has some really bright moments, but I just really struggle with him in that right-sided channel um, from a defensive standpoint with Trent, and, and that worried me. Um, but I also went into this game knowing that I had a feeling that there was a hammering coming from somebody, and it was going to be Leeds. And I've been saying it for months, and I said it before this game, and we'll get to it, but, um, and it happened, and I couldn't be happier. I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about. We'll get yeah, there. we will get um, to that because that was, I think everyone know, was right? happy for a second for you. We thought you were going to buy a round, but then we were severely disappointed. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, David? I mean, do you think Jones' inclusion is part of the fact that, I mean, just rotation, getting some rest for Sunday or kind of like knowing the opponent was kind of there for the picking? Yeah, I think it's like an opportunity to play him, right? You've got to get him some games somewhere. And this, we're better than in this instance against this team that's quite frankly just not that good and <laughs> is not going to be able to keep pace with the rest of this Liverpool squad. I honestly was a little surprised. Like you mentioned him being down that right-hand channel. I thought he would play mostly on the left. And I was interested to see how he'd intersect with Diaz and could have Robbo to kind of back him up. But yeah, he was playing a little bit more down that right side. So I agree with you. There's like concerns there uh, going forward. I don't want to see that like on a regular basis necessarily because I'm not sure he's like ready for that but i think you know the one thing I, when i saw his name I'm, I'm, i always think to myself is like he must be training like a beast because uh, i the part we don't see i haven't seen any other indication that he should be like in a match day starting 11 unless he's training like a beast so i think maybe that had something to do with it and jurgen just thought you know what this is the perfect opponent to see if we can get him in a rhythm and or see if we can give him a good like a solid performance under his belt build his confidence back up a little bit so I was surprised, but not too surprised, I guess. Yeah, I think that was probably like when you look at the lineup, I mean, with the injuries, the front three, I kind of expected maybe one of them would be rested for like, you know, like a Divox sighting. Um, but <laughs> I think, I mean, we'll talk about that as we go into the subs, but I almost felt like we were, we kept him in there. I thought with the lead, maybe like, you know, they'll be coming off more, but I almost think like Klopp is trying to get them more used to playing with each other and this was kind of like a good opportunity to do that and that's maybe like you know one of those uh i was actually shocked to see matip in there again so i don't know what that says for the final but the humor behind that is and that's what we're talking about if you're not in our discord fan channel why the hell aren't you uh you should definitely (laughs) join in it's actually if you go to our facebook page it's right on top there's a link to uh kind of like join it it's anything football anything liverpool and there's some channels where we even talk like some movies and stuff like that but uh one of the conversations when matip came up was the odds for the first guy the score and our i did not know you were a betting man though chris but you were all over that well here's the thing man when in northern ireland when i when i was lived at home in northern ireland saturday morning consisted of playing in my local league finishing that game and heading to the bookmakers to do uh, an accumulator, or as you guys call it here in the States, a parlay, where I would pick eight teams from the four leagues and it would be like five pounds and I would bet on like five or six or eight teams and the odds would be ridiculous. Like the money coming back would be like 12 grand. I never won one, 
Uh, <laughs> I, I was but, about to ask. Okay. But if if you're not in, you can't win. So I just thought, hey, it's only five pounds, whatever. But um, gambling just became legal in Tennessee. Um, so I don't I don't normally bet on Liverpool to win. I think it's a jinx thing. I don't do it. Uh, the only thing I ever do is like a first goal scorer. And I've been saying for months about about uh, our man, Joel, uh, Andre. And uh, I've been saying it for weeks that one of these days, it's going to happen. Here it is. I've been posting this meme weekly and saying it's going to happen today. And yesterday I posted in the, in, the, in the Discord. I said, today is the day. Today's the day it's going to happen. And I put 10 bucks on Joel Matip at plus 3,300 oh, to score the first nice. goal. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was like, nice. Yeah, it was nice odds. Do you know what I mean? To score the first goal, um, I don't care that he didn't score the first goal. Um, I just care that he scored it yeah. because nothing. I just want to see the. I just love this guy. There's, I just love everything about this guy. His whole demeanor, how he carries himself, just everything about him, just oozes class, and just he just seems like a really, really good guy. Um, like pointing back to the last game where he. He had Hendo on the back of the head. And, you know, like, it just, yeah, he's just one of those players that just seems so personable and someone you want to be friends with, you know? And um, and to see him just, I love to see a defender just charge, you know? And uh, I used to love Agar doing it, charge up the field and strike one from 40 yards. And, you know, 99% of them hit the top, you know, the top of the cop, you know? But um, there was that odd occasion where one would go in. Um, and with Joel, it's a, it's a similar sort of thing where he just charges up that field and he just seems to have that that touch that you need to be able to connect with the likes of Mo Salah and, and Bobby Firmino and those players like Thiago that, you know, he's he's kind of like the forgotten, you know, you, you have this garage of, of, of fancy cars <laughs> and he's the Bentley at the back of the thing that never gets driven very much. Do you know what I mean? But when you see it and you drive it, you're just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and that's what Joe Matip is. And honestly, like aside from it being like an awesome, like a cartoonish character almost, <laughs> that you just yeah. can't, you know, you, even like when he screws up, you just can't be mad at him. It's like a cute little kid that you're like, oh, come on, you know, and stuff like that. But I mean, Dave, I would almost argue that he, if you, with an exception of a few games, he might literally be our best performing center back this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I can't even tell you how many times I probably rated him over Van Dyke, not, not against Virgil, but Matip has played such a key role. Like when he's in there, we're just so much better than when he's not, and that's not a knock on Kanate at all because he's been very good. But yeah, Joel's just like special player, and his ability to see the field, pass, keep it on the ground—you know—it's a different skill set than. Virgil a little bit. They're kind of a balance to one another. Virgil will ping that 45-yard ball out wide, and Joel's going to do all these other things. And I, it's funny you mentioned Agar there. Yeah. The thing about Joel is he goes forward, but he's not selfish enough to just take that 40-yard shot yeah. most of the time. So he's always like playing it again and again. I was happy this time that it just set up perfectly for him to make that run, and then Mo just slips that ball perfectly onto his foot. It was Yesterday was... Uh, Poet, like why you sing poetry in motion. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like the definition of the song. It was, I was just watching it in awe. So. Yeah, it was, I think, so let's go back to the game, I guess. Uh, we had that scare in the beginning. I guess my yeah. biggest fear going into this game was obviously with the high line we play, 
and you know leads put you know james up top they basically put that speed up top and was hoping for that long ball to chase it wasn't a long ball it was kind of like you know ali doing his gamely scare before he kind of like picks up form again kind of deal and aside from that scare really i know the goal that was chalked up with var which obviously was clear offsides but they did not pose too much of a threat chris and it Felt like yeah. the goal, like our goal was coming any second because they were just, I mean, I realize you got to play a certain way and Bielsa does this all the time. Yeah. But sometimes, especially when your ass is about to get relegated, you just got to play to get points, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think some teams, in a sense, maybe come to Anfield with a, this is a throwaway game mentality. And, you know, they, they you know, I watched the, the Leeds United game a couple of days ago. And you could see the fight that was there. And for the first sort of 20 minutes before we got the penalty, you could see the fight in Leeds. There, there was, there, they were, you know, they were closing down well. They were, they were, you know, they were getting in our faces. And, you know, that mistake with Ali was, was kind of them with their own little sort of mini press that they do. But without the likes of Calvin Phillips and that in the center of the midfield to shore them up and, and they're so wide open. And without that defensive, like it's it's Calvin Phillips is almost there for Binho. And um without him, they're very wide open in the midfield. And you could see that with how deep that Manny was dropping. He was he was doing the Bobby thing. Now he he wasn't quite finding the pockets um as cleanly. Forshaw did a really good job in the first sort of thirty minutes of that game. And then I think it just that because we were just on them so much. Um, I think he was the only player that really stood out for me in the Leeds game. The Leeds team was, was Forshaw. Um, but, yeah, just pressure after pressure after pressure. When you don't have that midfield and you have players like Thiago just floating around and just doing whatever the hell he wants, um, you're, you're going to be in trouble. And obviously that penalty coming in early helps. And, I mean, it's a clear penalty. And yeah. I realize, you know, as a defender myself, it's like, what's a guy to do? Can't chop your off, arms off, but it is yeah. what it is. Keep it next to you. I know it looks lame when they do the sideways, yeah. <laughs> like trying to block the ball, but that's how you kind of avoid it. And and that's the thing. I thought with our movements, I mean, you watch that game and you watch the movement while we're on the ball. And I think, you know, if you're newer to the game or if you have, you know, not watched it long enough, you kind of sometimes miss those when the ball is going from Matip to Van Dyke and like kind of like swinging around and stuff. You see how like Thiago and like you say, I thought that was a huge step for Mane for playing that role yeah. compared to the last game. And I almost felt like that's why he was kept in there almost the entire game to kind of, you know, learn that role and, yeah. you know, keep playing it because we might have to do this in the final again. Or it yeah, might because be well, there's, there's no guarantee that, that Bobby or Joby will. Exactly. So, I, so the penalty goal obviously helps the cause, but you could just kind of like, as you were watching that game, as nervous of a guy as I am, because, you know, the game starts watch. I watch the game usually like pacing. Then, you know, you sit, <laughs> then you lean back. So I was going through those phases after the penalty. I was able to sit and everything. But um, it's then we get that matchup goal, which was a perfect example of, you know, what he kind of like brings. And I still think regardless of who um, is available teams at home, Dave, I feel like he's our best center back because of what he can do with the ball. And I think anytime we play at home against the team that we got to get a score on, it should always be him over Conade, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Uh, as long as he's had the right amount of rest. I think there's one thing that we know about him is, you know, I understand that, like, it's not necessarily his fault, but he was, he's was he been hurt a lot over the course of his LFC <laughs> career, right? So he's got to – I think the key thing with him is that he's got to just have the right amount of rest days. As, as long as we can fit him in – this year they're managing his playing time brilliantly, I think. If they can just keep doing that, we should be able to keep him in the squad, keep him healthy. And then, yeah, I, he's my first choice to go alongside Van Dyke until otherwise, until Kanate, you know, becomes a superstar Van Dyke type center back. But we'll see, we'll see how long that takes. You know, he's not he's not there right now. I think Joel is the perfect combination uh, for how we run our attack, for how we want to play, and for running that high line, which you know they all. <laughs> I love the criticism that we get about the high line as if it's not intentional. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like they're always in danger. Like this is the comments yeah. the commentators are saying. I'm like, they're actually not. Like not even that. Threat. I honestly think Allison does things like he did yesterday because he gets bored. He just kind of like <laughs> gives himself something to do. You know. <laughs> like he's, Otherwise, people just forget about how awesome he is. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good point. I think like the high line always gets criticized. Trust me, it does not help my nerves, right? <laughs> and especially these late flags, it's only has made yeah, it that, worse. That's, that's my one. biggest don't complaint. Even, don't even get me started on the yeah, late flags. But at the same time, it's kind of like a risk reward thing. I just yeah, I it's funny you mentioned that because it keeps getting brought up every freaking game. And almost they're like, ah, see, they keep doing this. They don't know what they're doing. They're like, yeah, like they're like, like they're straying forward or something like that. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it was uh, Jamie or Buzz in the comment section mentioned Thiago earlier. And I was like, especially at halftime, I was like, take him out, put him in ice chamber or something. So he's ready <laughs> for the weekend. Cause man, this guy, Chris, when he plays, and you know we got there was like a in our group LFC America our like Facebook group there was a discussion earlier and somebody was mentioned that he was not Premier League quality and stuff like that. I mean <laughs> clearly not watching this guy, but he is yeah. world class. This uh, Thiago Alcantara is one of those players. He is a luxury. People don't realize what we have uh, in that sense. Um, like. It's it's almost like a cheat code. Like it, it's it's we brought in this player who um, has been underrated. I think his whole career. I don't think he's ever gotten gotten that. Uh, he's always been kind of overshadowed at Barcelona by sort of Xavi and Iniesta and that kind of thing because he was always playing second fiddle to them. And I think now people are gonna you know starting to really see what what a quality player this guy is. And, you know, the fact that he was, you know, battling with those players for those positions and then going to, you know, Bayern and what he did at Bayern as well. Again, he hasn't had the greatest time with injuries, but when he's played and you see just the touches, the speed, it's the speed that he does things and he does it so fast you don't even realize he's done it. Like his ability to change direction and play a ball is so fast. We were talking about Dennis Bergkamp earlier on. He has that similar quality that he always has space. Like even when there's three players around him, he just manages to just move the ball like six inches and he's beat all three of them. It's 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 weird. It's not like Genie where Genie would like do a little step over and 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 sort of 
battle his way through people. Like, Tiago just does this little move and kind of look, and everybody goes, it's almost like a boxing feint, you know, where he'll throw, like, the punch, and they go, oh, and he just goes, ah, dee-dee-dee-dee-dee, and just walks around and, and plays a 60-yard a pass with the outside of his left foot right to the feet of Sadio Mane. And people just go, oh, because they play FIFA and they do that all the time. Have you actually tried to hit the ball, fit a, fit a football with the outside of your weaker foot? R one man. I, I urge every. I, I urge everybody, anybody listening or anybody watching, right? Just get a football, go into your garden, and try and hit it with the outside of your weak foot, and see what happens, and see how quickly you can get to hitting five of those in a row in the place you wanted to go, and then you'll realize just how good. Tiago is you know like I'm Tony Hawk on a skateboard or Tiago Alcantara is that guy okay I'm the five year old kid that can't even stand on it compared to him <laughs> and hit the ball with the outside of the left foot you know it's just it's crazy what this guy can do with the football and his football and brain is just next level and he just takes us to the next level and we're finally getting to see that um, and people are starting to finally realise because there was all the talk, he slows us down, he does this, and but no, he does not. Um, Man, it's funny you say that because you never see me play. Leave alone hitting <laughs> it with the left side, outside of my foot with the weak foot. I'm lucky to yeah. make contact, just one legged player. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> left was just to like stand on or lean on when I'm kicking with the right. That was pretty much it. But um, <laughs> David Cosgo says Tiago is my father's son and holy script. That's why we love having Cosy on the guest uh, panel there. So the second half, I mean, obviously we've the game is pretty much put to bed in the first half. Yeah. Um, are you shocked, Chris, that we did not make changes right away? I guess maybe we shouldn't be shocked because we know how Klopp operates by now, but knowing with yeah. the final coming up, almost like expected that to be changed somehow. Well, I think if if you look at sort of those first 10 minutes of the second half, it was very passive in, in compared to the first half. You know, we were very in their face all the time, attack, attack, attack. And we kind of sat back for a little bit and we didn't quite as attack as hard. You know, we kind of sat back and sort of try, started to pick our our moments. And, um, and I think that was just more an exercise. I think, I think it's more of an exercise for, for Diaz. And to get him used to the team for Sunday, you know, so that little bit of extra cohesion going in, that keeping everybody out there together and keeping that rhythm, you know, and uh, and hopefully that can translate into Sunday, um, because we all know that it's a it's a rarity that Klopp will make a a, a substitution before like the sixty fifth minute, you know, it, it's I mean expecting him to make a change at halftime. Is it's like expecting me to shave this beard? It's not going to happen <laughs> unless you have to do it, you know. So, um, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of expected that, um, a bit more. I think give them a bit more, see how they can control the game a little bit, and then start to think about Sunday, uh, make sure the game is put to bed and, and it was put to bed. So, um, they made a few changes and came back a little bit. But um, I don't think it was anything more than an extra training, uh, training exercise for us. And I think, I forgot to mention, by the way, when that Matip goal happened, I think my first reaction was, 
And I even told my wife, I'm like, Chris has money on this. <laughs> like, like, like instantly, like, and I think there were on Discord four or five messages from different people saying, like, did yeah. you win? Did you win? Did, did you win? win? Did you win? I yeah. think we were all hoping for like a free round next time we see you or something, but yeah, now we know we gotta pay for it ourselves. So when the team <laughs> kind of like goes in a it kind of was in a lull. I mean, Lee's knew the game was over, we kind of knew the game was over, and the play kind of showed it. And when you need a kick in the ass to people on the field. The ideal guy to bring on Dave is probably Henderson. Yeah, yeah, no, you could see like he's getting in people's faces when we're up, I think four or five mil, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> I mean, I get it, never settle, right? <laughs> At this point, you know, I think he was actually firing himself up for Sunday too, right? There's been a little bit of talk about his form uh, going around. I don't care. The guy's still a great captain. He scored some massive goals for us. The opener against Everton this year was a great example of that, right? Like some of the play that he's involved with on a regular basis, setting people up, whether it's tracking back, filling in at six when we need him. The guy is the definition of a leader, and if you're going into a cup final, that's what you want on the pitch. It, you know, it'd be him, Virgil. I, you know, There's a world where you could see Milner on the pitch to start, but I don't, I don't think that'll happen in this game. Uh, you just but gave Victor a heart attack, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but uh, there's a world where, like, if Henderson was hurt and we needed some, you know, some steel and some leadership in the midfield, it's not the craziest shout in a one-off game. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he's firing himself up for Sunday, really, is what it is, because he's going to be leading the team out in a cup final in Wembley. You know, a place where he's played and gotten a fair amount of criticism before. So uh, yeah. he's going to be up for it. I think yeah. that's the thing with Henderson as well. Henderson's also suffering from that that same thing that everybody was talking about Stevie G. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a period towards the end of Stevie G's career with us where they were like, oh, he's not as good as he used to be and he's carrying all these injuries and blah, 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 blah. But the one thing that they carry, and it's a, Henderson has that same thing, is that leadership that ability to get the rest of the team up to to get them uh, you know into the right place and the right the right headspace um and will give you absolutely 110% and 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 jeopardize his own career in the in the process um because we know the guy isn't exactly the healthiest but you know he's 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 kind of you know I watched the documentary about Mick Foley last night you know, Jordan Henderson is the Mick Foley of the Premier League. Um, you know, he, he'll just throw himself around, do whatever he has to do to make sure it's done. If he gets hurt in the process, okay. Uh, and he'll pick himself up and keep going. Um, and he's proven to fans time and time again, everybody that's doubted him, I've been one of those guys. I've been there, I think, the last time I was on the podcast, back in the day, right at the very start. I was talking shit about Jordan Sanderson, you know. So um, Did I put you in your place then, or what? You know, um, and now I call him the honey badger. You know, so um, you know he's proved me wrong, and I love people that prove me wrong. You know, and uh, uh, yes, Cosy, I hear you calling me Eric Rowan. If there's any WWF fans out there? It's better than being called Seamus. I'll tell you that. I was gonna say you probably get that a lot, don't you? I do get it a lot. Yes. <laughs> I think the thing with Henderson is, yeah, I mean, I've been kind of like, I, 
probably my favorite player right now just because of the attitude and he does not have and he's totally different than Thiago. I mean, I think when yeah. he gets the ball, it's kind of like different. Like you're saying with Thiago creating space, I think that shoulder move he does, the anticipation of that gives him so much space. You yeah. can't get as close to him because you don't know which way he's suddenly going to change direction. Yeah. I mean, Henderson is a totally different type of player, but I think especially during the COVID games, not only like his leadership in terms of like what he does on the field, like you're saying, like being physically not scared of anything. Yeah. It's just his, you know, how vocal he is on the field, how much traffic he directs on the field. I mean, he was literally coming on the game and like Dave is saying, he was already barking stuff as he was coming in. And it wasn't like, oh, you're moving left. I'm coming here. He was just like yelling at people on his way in and yeah. you kind of earn that too as a new guy like he's entering the game or screaming at people like bro we've been running here for 60 minutes but yeah i mean he kind of like has earned that like that leadership role and yeah i just yeah i just love the guy he's by far like my favorite well, if you player. if you can see the games where he's not playing uh if he's injured or if he's on the subs bench he's never sat on the bench he's always stood up and he's always you know sort of Semi warming up, semi shouting at people, uh, you know, <laughs> under the cover um, of. I'm just gonna yeah. jog over here in the corner, <laughs> you know. The stuff could be happening up in the corner, and Rabo starting Tanner's lace, and Hendo's going, you know. Um, yeah, but that's really, like, you know, know, that's a leader. Career progresses, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a leader, <laughs> you know, just becomes a coach who's on the sideline stretching, just barking out <laughs> <all> over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's golden. I really changed the game. Obviously, that, you know, like passing movements with Mo, but I just like how the ball started moving a lot faster. He brought yeah. some urgency to the game just by his physical presence and his barking and everything like that. Yeah. And hey, man, this gold differential thing could be, you never know, could play a role. So those goals yeah. that we got, we got three goals at the end. We could be talking months from now and saying that Henderson substitution coming in won us the title. You never freaking know because I really, I mean, he didn't score the goals. He obviously had one of the assists, but it made a huge difference in how that game, that game was going to end 3-0. I could almost see it being 3-1 by being kind of like falling asleep in the back unless Henderson comes in and kind of like changes the game and ends up being like a 6-0 blowout. And those goals could end up being crucial. So, any parting thoughts? What do you take away from that game? I mean, obviously, you look at the stats, Dave, and it's kind of like ridiculous. Uh, we're like top <laughs> three of every goddamn like, thing. It's almost comedy. It's, not, it's, it's ridiculous, the amount. I mean, for Salah to be tied for first in assist and leading the goal scoring chart, the next guy on another team is 10 goals behind. That's absurd. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, like the, the the result yesterday is massive. You brought up the goal difference thing in, in Henderson. And I, the first thing I thought was he's one of the only guys in the entire room that remembers a title, the title race that was nearly decided by goal difference, right? It's like 13, 14, it became this big thing so much that so that we had that like pressure cooker performance at Crystal, Crystal Palace that went the wrong way. <laughs> but, you know, he can remember a, a moment where like, yeah, Every goal mattered. And so, yeah, that's why he's pushing for six. I love it. Uh, but it, it, that result is massive for that reason. Is like we just never know. Between now and the end of the year, you know, or at the end of the season, it could be a, just a hodgepodge of results for us and City, like a mix, and you end up on the same point total. And then we're having this conversation about goal difference, and 6-0 is one that we'll all come back to. 
and go, that was the moment we won the title. Like, <laughs> you know, think about it in a way. Dude, mark your calendars. I'm telling you, we're going to talk about this shit. We're going to be like the Henderson <laughs> substitution. Yes, sir. That's, that's the one. Like, there's one There's one person we haven't spoke about, uh, and we have to talk about him, um, and it's Luis Diaz. Yeah. And um, he had a great game. Um, obviously, you know, that very early chance that Mane blocked um, that was going in the top corner. It was definitely going in the top corner. Yes. Um, but just the one thing that I, I just need to point out is to think that this guy has only been at this club for like three weeks is mind-blowing. Yes. <laughs> like some some of the interplay that he had with Robbo yesterday was absolutely insane. Like there was no look passes. There was back heels. There was flicks. Him and Robbo look like they've been playing together since Hull. You know what I mean? Like, Luis Diaz must have been at Hull as, a, as an apprentice or something. And, you know, like, these guys, or these guys knew each other in a previous life because the, the way they've been interacting in every game they've played together so far, there was a little bit of miscommunication between Costas and, and, and Luis, but I think Costas is still learning his role with us, and he's just still starting to fit in. And he's not quite as versatile as Robbo is. Um, but just uh, it was just a joy to watch. And it was just sad that he didn't get a goal. Um, but just some of the stuff, some of the flicks, some of the things he was doing. He was dropping off, he was appearing on the right and doing just ridiculous things. And, he, and does it feel like is it just me? Like he's given a bit more leeway than when Mane was playing there? Because like uh, you I said, or is that him just kind of losing himself and like, holy shit, I'm on the right now, and then like getting back? No, I think Klopp actually said in an interview that he said um, they've just given him instruction to attack. Um, they haven't tried to bog him down with the defensive duties that, that Manny's a bit more structured with yes. and would be a bit more restricted by. Um, but they're just giving him free reign to just go for it um, because that's how they're going to get the best out of him. There's no point. Robbo's a strong defender. Um, and usually has th that extra addition of Virgil and, and a stronger sort of midfielder on that side. So, um, yeah, he's been given a bit more free reign to just go for it and do his thing. Uh, and I love, fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been awesome to watch. I, uh, yeah. I think the the thing that we, allows him to have that freedom, though, is being able to play with players like Mo, like Sadio, who you know are going to do the work, who – have been in this system and just know where people need to be. And if they see him wander, it's like, okay, shift this way. You know, that understanding of like, of everybody else on the team gives him this space where he can just explore and find out what happens basically. Cause yeah, I mean, I love the composure that he has, the confidence to just try this stuff. Uh, and you see just the, the mounds of skill this kid has. It's, it's going to be exciting when he actually just is fully embedded yeah. in the team. You could almost see like he has a little bit of Bobby with like the tricks and stuff and the stuff he tries with like the ridiculous like speed of like Mo or Mane attached to it. And he feels, I mean, he plays definitely bigger as well in terms of yeah. like physical strength. So yeah. we might have found ourselves a gem on that one. And, you know, yeah, I know like a lot of the people can never be happy. I just like learned this more and more now. I mean, you go to Facebook groups after a 6-0 win where 
I personally freaking leaned back an entire half, which is usually unheard of. And <laughs> it, and it, people are talking about why didn't like Mane smile after the goals or like Mane and Mo, and I, we're definitely gonna sell one of them now. Just freaking enjoy the goddamn moment for once, man. <laughs> it's just like you know, you just won six zero. This team is in four different competitions, going for all of them. It just yeah. enjoy them. I, it's like some of them, and I'm a warrior by nature. If I'm able to enjoy it, nobody has a freaking excuse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: if you if you can't be happy after a six 0 win, then I really don't have any time for you. <laughs> you know, like that's just the way it is I mean I'm not going to sit and listen to you complain because Curtis Jones gave the ball away 17 times like who cares um, we won 6-0 you know if you're giving the ball away and they scored okay complain but complain for 5 minutes because we won 6-1 you know what I mean but if you're if you're trying to find things wrong I really question your 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 reasoning for being a supporter you're supposed to give yourself to the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm trying not to be preachy about this, you know? But no, no, for it. Preachy. I'm <laughs> you know, like, um, why do you want to be alive? Exactly. You know? like, what's what the point? The, what's the point if you're never going to experience joy yeah. ever? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> YOLO! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I've watched so many bad squads go out there. I'm wearing this yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost, 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 I almost. Sorry, I have my little effects button there. I got a bit excited. Oh my god, this isn't that bad. Jeez. So let's talk about these competitions, by the way, and that will bring us to, uh, first of all, eventually to bad squads, and then, but initially to kind of like David's piece. And if you haven't read it, it just went on the site actually yesterday. Uh, if you go to AmericanScotsford.com, it should be right on your home page. And one of the things that you talk about, actually, you kind of uh, later on, and it's you're just aiming for a triple, which I thought was kind of like, you know, Aiming low over there, Dave. But now that we're in the race, we can go for all four in terms of like winning trophies. Yeah. And I, I, we have obviously you guys are newer to the podcast, so never talk to you guys about this topic. So want to kind of pick your guys' brain. So Dave, we'll start with you. Um, how much does the League Cup? How much did it mean to you? And obviously, has it changed now that we're in the final? I actually like. I kind of always want to win these things. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Because like the League Cup, though, is what makes it different is well, a we've won it more than anybody else, so I kind of want to keep that. But also, if you win it and you get that title and or you get that trophy in February, it's like City has used it to kick on and do crazy amounts, like crazy things in the second half of a season several times. It's something about holding the shiny thing and having a big moment in front of your fans. I don't know. Maybe it's just all that positivity, you know, but it seems to go a long way towards <laughs> making the players happy to bring in like a positive energy into the squad. So when we, once you make like, I th- it was around the league cup quarterfinal. I said to the other guys, I was like at the pub, I was like, no, I want to win this thing now. Like once you get past, if it, if there's no longer a number on the round, you know, fifth round, whatever, like once you're into the quarterfinal, yeah. let's win the damn thing. <laughs> so, uh, for I me, think, and that's 
I think where I'm at with it mostly, I mean, in the beginning, I just wanted to, one thing I wasn't happy in the past seasons is not being able to kind of go further in these tournaments, Chris, mm -hmm. mainly yeah. due to not being able to play the depth and get time for, you know, people like Taki and Ox and stuff like that. So they are ready when we need them in a Premier League game and stuff. But once you kind of started kind of like, you know, getting more serious, if you will, now it's like, fuck yeah, let's just win it, right? Yeah. I mean, this this trophy, like, I, you know, I, I go way back to the time when it was like the Rumbleos Cup and the Coca-Cola Cup and all these other names it's gone by over the years. Uh, and, you know, it's always been that kind of competition where, you know, it's it's the third most prestigious competition trophy to win in England. That's a big deal. You know, and it used to it used to come along with a trip into the Cup Winners' Cup. Or, or one of the European births, you know, and um, I think just the whole sort of, not to get into that conversation, but the capitalism of the game and all that kind of stuff has ruined this 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 tournament because mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of, I mean, this whole Carabao thing and some of the absolute nightmare uh, drawings that they've done, um, <laughs> like... The, the most random things in the world like it just made no sense i'm like <laughs> what the hell are you doing but um as a competition i love it i've always loved it and and i love i love knockout cup cup competitions you know it's just it's it's just what football has always been about for me i love the fa cup i still love the fa cup it's always the magic of the fa cup uh, and and it's just um i think for me you know, growing up in the UK, you know, I was watching these things from the minute I could understand what was happening. Uh, and it's it's sort of ingrained in me now. Um, but that's only a few years ago, isn't it? <laughs> when you figured out what was happening. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> but no, man, yeah. yeah um, I, I've always been of the, the opinion that, you know, we're the best team in the land. We should be trying to win everything. And I think this is a competition that we could have won a lot more. You know, we, we now joint with City as as the most times. But, you know, um, we, we've kind of thrown this competition away in the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, just as a, as a, a way to bring through the youth and, and, and things like that. But you made a good point about Taki, yeah. um, who's had an absolute... What the hell? Who's had an absolute um, stormer of a season <laughs> in, in that competition. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I think it's essential. I think we should be trying to win it all the time. And I think now with the depth that we have, um, it should be a priority. You know, it's, it's, yeah. we need, it's not enough to just win the league. I think now you have to be winning multiple competitions. And you can see it with City. They've won this League Cup. They've won the, the, the Charity Shield, the FA Cup, you know, the league so easily. But it doesn't matter. They want that Champions League. And that's the one that matters to them. You know, and I think for us to be taken seriously, again, as we start, we need to start winning these competitions again. You know, we need to start showing them that yes, we are the biggest trophy holders in the country, and you're going to have to go some to catch us. You know, and one league every couple of years isn't going to enough be enough to do that. And I think this is the type of tournament that we should be winning. And David made a perfect, perfect thing about winning that trophy in the season like that. City have used it the last couple of years to give them that extra push, that extra bit of we're indestructible um, kind of mentality got into the end of the season. Uh, and I, and think, I think winning this Sunday would, would go a far way for us winning the league. And I think newer fans don't kind of like 
appreciate that we have a very very special squad right now yeah and we've had it i mean i know it's been like what like three four years now it's been in the works and yeah. we have it right now and i think it was like a question that was asked to trent and it made it like a huge deal out of it that you know you guys didn't get as much silverware at city and obviously his comeback is well we won the big one in champions league and stuff yeah. but i think looking back I mean, there's a certain window, right? I mean, you want things to go on forever, but, you know, we've seen different teams dominate different decades and stuff like that, and nothing lasts forever. So you kind of, when we look back at this team, you know, I'm going to be probably in my late 40s or whatever in 20 years or so, you know, I look back <laughs> and, you know, like think about this team. You don't want to say, and I think that's what your kind of like article refers to today, is you don't want to say, we want only two trophies and we had this great team, but you know, they're like, Oh really? What did they win? Uh, well, they won like two trophies. I mean, it's more about, you know, accumulating that silverware right now while we have this awesome squad. Right. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, I brought it up in the article. Like this is the first time since 82, 83, I wasn't even born yet. When okay. You don't Liverpool need to was that last. On well, it was, it was later okay. that fall. Okay. <laughs> but still <laughs> it wasn't long after that I was born, but <laughs> But I wasn't even born. I'm, I'm sitting there going, I'm not, I wasn't even born yet with the last time we were in all four competitions at this point in the season. That's how special this is. Like, this doesn't just come along every year. Most, there's going to be a lot of years as a football supporter, you don't, they don't walk away with anything. You know, and this is the last, this and the FA Cup are the last two trophies that they, this group has not won. And if they give you those, they've literally delivered everything, every trophy, giving you every winning experience they can give you. There's something like that's how I'm gonna look back on this squad when I'm in my late forties, like you said. <laughs> Damn right, we're all gonna be late forties, <laughs> regardless of how many years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so it's and of- you know I think with the League Cup, one of the things that bugs me is a lot of people, you know, they kind of crap on it because you only get like I think it's what a hundred grand for winning it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't even pay. You know, Nabby caped his wages for the week. Um, okay, I understand that, so. but. I think you will, you guys will know how hard is it to get a ticket at Anfield right now? It's pretty damn hard. <laughs> and these League Cup games, are, it's an additional night at Anfield a lot of times. It's getting people in the door that normally don't get in the door. Kids, you know, fa- fans from overseas like us can get a ticket to that game. Imagine you were at Leicester that night. What the, and you were, yeah. you know, you were new to it. That's a life-changing thing sometimes. And that's how you create new fans. That's how you keep the traditions going. Winning anything matters. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, I think so. as well. I think as well. There's 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 that disconnection from Wembley. Um, I mean, I I was at the old Wembley. I haven't been to the new Wembley. Uh, the old Wembley was a special special place. Yeah. And you know there were some very special games there. Um, that Liverpool were very much a part of. And um, and I think it's. It's one of those stadiums that, you know, as a Liverpool fan, you need to go there and you need to experience a cup final. A Liverpool cup final is not like anything else. You know, you just have to look at, you know, Rome, Istanbul, all these places and, and what we do and what we're able to do in cup finals, you know, and, uh, and the atmosphere that's created through the city of Liverpool and throughout the fan base uh, going to that place, you know, we, for, throughout the 80s, 70s and 80s, it was called our second home, you know? So it's, for me, that there's still that magic of of going to Wembley. 
and I've been there and I've experienced a, a cup final and it's something I think every Liverpool fan needs to experience you know and, and the more we can do that the better you know yeah, my Wembley experience wasn't as pleasant I saw England should kick the shit out of Turkey in a national team <laughs> national game and then I watched another like uh friendly but it is like a it was the old one was a very special stadium definitely yeah. so Uh, so we were talking about how special the squad is. Just to give some perspective here, <laughs> let's look. <laughs> oh. Let's look at the squad. Uh, that oh. back four by itself uh, will keep me up for weeks. With Moreno on the left, Klein on the right, Lucas and Sako in the middle. Uh, this was our Lucas last... at center back. <laughs> yeah, that's just scary. So let me take that away so we can sleep tonight. Uh, what do we expect? Uh, Chris, let's start with you in terms of your starting 11 for this cup final. What are you expecting? Um, well, I mean, we obviously know that that uh, Cuevin is going to be going to be going to go. So our back four, I mean, it's the question, is it going to be Joel or is it going to be Kanate? I have a funny feeling because Joel played Leeds, I think Kanate starts against Chelsea. And I think that's with, with the thought that they do have injuries. So there is a likelihood that Lukaku is going to start. And, and I think that extra strength um, to deal with him, he's not really fussed anyway. So Canadi gets a chance to maybe kick the shit out of him uh, and not have any retaliation, um, which would be good. But I think the back four kind of, apart from that, speaks for itself. Um, midfield is, is the contention. Uh, I want, I hope, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson. Yes. Um, I think that's, that's the perfect balance. And I think just the way he played sort of Thiago and Hendo in the Leeds game kind of pointed that they will play together um, to give them both minutes and, and everything else. So um, I think Fabinho is kind of one of those guys at the minute that's one of the first names on the sheet. Um, he's our top scorer in, in this in 2022. Um, or has Mo clawed that back? I don't know if Mo clawed yeah, that back. Yeah, he might have caught up. He might have caught up. You know, well, he did give him six weeks to get ahead of him. So, um, as Cosy pointed out, and uh, yeah, so uh, the front three, I don't think either Bobby or Jota will be fit enough to start the game. Um, so I think it will be the front three again, and I think uh, I'm I'm hoping that that Diaz can absolutely torture the life out of either Christensen or Azpilicueta or whoever it is going to be on that right side of the Chelsea defense. Um, That's kind of my 11. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I have in mind, too. I don't see... And I almost feel like Klopp does not see Jota or Bobby being ready to the extent he wants. And I think that's why we kept that three in there as long as possible to kind of get that, you know... To get used to playing with each other, getting money, experience, playing in that spot and everything like that. Dave, what do you have in mind for the 11? Yeah, much the same. Uh, I think the only exception I might make, uh, and it's confirmed Bobby won't be ready, but uh, uh, Dalton might. So I, I still don't think he starts, like you guys said. But uh, the one thing I think might surprise us is maybe Naby Keita makes an appearance in midfield uh, instead of Diago. Uh, Naby has played well against Chelsea at times, and he's got you know he's very experienced against them. Um, he's Been, you know, he's been healthy 
Tiago's coming off a, a period of a long period of being injured. He came back a little bit ago, but he's been playing pretty consistently since. And I'm yeah. wondering how much they want to push him. So he may be coming off the bench or I, and you know, I'm if I had my choice to be Tiago Fabinho Henderson, no doubt about it. But uh, I just feel like I have a sneaking suspicion maybe Nabi Keita sneaks in, especially if he's looked good in training. That's not a bad choice. Now you got me worried. I, I mean, yeah. If you, I, I get a lot of flack for giving Keita shit, but I don't know, especially like recently, and because of maybe like how the injury happened, I just see him pulling out of fifty fifties more and more and more in that midfield, and that's probably, you know, for the most part, their strength. I think just 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 because of fucking Kanta himself. And I think, you know, ideally, if Thiago can go, and I kind of agree with, you know, what you were saying, Chris, in terms of, like, that's why he came out. He got his rest. Klopp kind of likes giving 20, 30 minutes to the guy that's going to start the next game. So, Hando comes in. And, you know, we talked about his leadership and stuff like that earlier. I'm hoping that is the... And, you know, that gives you a lot of good options to come off the bench for that midfield. Um, score predictions. Let's get to that. Dave, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Am I going to be able to, to lean back? <laughs> it's not going to. No, it's not going to be. You're going to want to throw up about 80 minutes in. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, we you know we don't do these things easily. It's just not our style. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, 3-2 to us, and Jota gets the winner. He, he, I was thinking about it earlier today. He has scored in every big occasion this season, I think. He scores at, uh, at Arsenal in the League Cup semi. He scores at Everton. He scores at United. He scores at uh, Spurs. <laughs> like He's had goals in every big game, so I think Jota's just going to win it. <laughs> hmm. yeah, he scored like at Chelsea, that. too. Now. Think about it. I don't like um, the throwing up part, but I like the result. What do you have, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just because you're going to get to the bar so early, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the, the the form that we're in, the form that we're carrying into the game, um, compared to Chelsea's, you know, they're sort of, they've been kind of hit and miss recently. Um, they've all that sort of stuff going down with Lukaku. Um, they have a few injuries that doesn't help them. You know, Ziyech, who has been great for them in the last couple of weeks, yeah. um, is a big loss for them. Kova. Kovacic, um, he's been really good for them this season. Um, I think he's a big loss for them. Uh, him and Kante together have been have been quite strong, but yeah. um, I don't know. There's I've just have this overwhelming feeling of 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 kind of we're gonna walk this three 0 and it's wow. it's gonna be love you, man. It's it's it. I don't know. It just, <laughs> it's See, Dave, kind of, this is what you should be doing. Like bring me at ease. <laughs> yeah, man. It, I don't know. There's just something about this team and, and just the way they're playing and the swagger and even with the mistakes that have been happening. I mean, you look at the alley mistake. It was one little tiny mistake and then nothing for the rest of the game. Like they literally had one chance and it was offside when they scored. There was nothing else the rest of the game. I think I wrote it down. Rafinha had a half effort in the 65th minute. Yep. That's it. Yeah. You know, these guys are playing and, and Chelsea aren't exactly, you know, Chelsea are a great team when they're on form, but they've been so hit and miss. And yes, they're they're a decent cup final team, but I don't think this squad um, just ha- has enough of the fight in them um, to just take on what we're bringing. And I think Luis Diaz as well, um, he's kind of a, an unknown quantity to them. 
because they don't they haven't got to, to see enough of him and because he's playing a free role how do you mark that like how do you set up your team to defend against that because you're worrying about Mane and, and, and Salah and then you're thinking well okay well Asby Liquetta will cover him and the next thing he pops up with a 1-2 with Salah on the right hand side of the box how, how are you going to compete with that um so yeah, they, they have a lot of things to worry about and I, it's it's one of those things where we're going to a cup final. I'm always confident in our team going to a cup final. You know? Um, with the exception of the Madrid and that last City. Well, here's the thing, that last City game, um, you know, they won it on penalties. Yeah. You know, so even with that absolute nightmare of a team, <laughs> we took them exactly. to penalties. You know? So... Um, yeah, I think we're we're just we're just hitting our stride at the right time, and this is usually the time of year we go on a mad run. So I think this is the time they don't want to play us, mm-hmm. and I think they'll be a lot more worried about it than we will. I love hearing that, man. It'll, well, you know make, who I feel sorry for. It will help for. me sleep it's Saturday nice. night, but really? I definitely don't have that. What was that, Dave? You feel sorry for someone? No, I was like, you know who I feel sorry for is Norwich because they just they just keep getting us. <laughs> They've drawn us in the League Cup. They've drawn us in the FA Cup. They've lost us <laughs> twice in the league. They got to be so sick of the sight of us at this point. Yeah. And now yeah. we're in like peak form. They're just like, oh, great. <laughs> what a nightmare. I don't, I'm not as optimistic. Um, I feel uh, a 2-1 win still. Still that optimistic. But yeah, not enough to kind of, you know. So Kazi pointed out something there. And, and it's something that does come up a lot is penalties. And uh, Cosy, uh, Mr. Cosgrove, him of the bobby teeth, um, <laughs> <laughs> he he posed the question: If it goes to penalties, who's your five? Hmm, good question. So let's pick on Dave. Dave, why don't why don't you give us your first five? <laughs> new guy, new guy, you go first. Uh, I'm gonna want Mo like in the middle. Just in case you, you need like a goal in the middle, uh, I'll go Sadio. He did well in the African Cup of Nations with it, and uh, yeah, it'd just be a great moment for his Liverpool career. So I'll go Sadio or Jota. He did that in the League Cup semi final. So well, you got to give us five, man. You have to give us five, man. Oh, oh, oh I thought have... you were just saying who goes fifth. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. All right, well, we I would lead with uh, probably. If, it, if Diaz is still in there, maybe I'll give him a chance. But somebody with experience and composure, I'd probably go Tiago. He's just so damn cool. Nothing <laughs> 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 bothers him. <laughs> if it's going to penalties, by then Milner is in, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Milner, Milner's the last substitute. Yeah. Probably yeah, Fab. Mo, right. um, oh, Mane. And I still think Mo is last. I that's yeah. kind of like a strategy that everybody argues, and I know he couldn't get to take it on like you know for Egypt and stuff. But I think you still save that guy for your fifth to finish it off. Yeah. Uh, so we have one spot left open. Joe Matip. <laughs> <laughs> it's adventure time. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. I think Trent probably takes one. Yeah, you think so? Thinking. That yeah, I, that's I think maybe one Trent, is a yeah. tricky one. Um, because yeah, I can't come out with I mean unless Hendo. Possibly. Yeah. 
He's not the best penalty taker. No, I, I don't know how not. well Diaz is, to be honest with you. But then, yeah, if yeah. Jota is in the game, I guess he will be my fifth to put in there. I think Diaz is the type of player that has that confidence that is going to just scare the absolute shit out of everyone and stick it right in the top corner. Um, like, right in the top corner, where everybody thinks it's going to hit the crossbar. But it actually just nestles up in the corner. Um, he's that type of player. Uh, or he had Robona. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he just, he'll like, just it. He'll, just look, he'll, he'll look Mandy straight in the eye and he'll just go, "Dink." <laughs> yeah. Okay, we went from three zero to two one to penalties. This shit ain't good. Well, we could play Kazi for the penalties. Yeah, I guess. Thanks, Kazi. Thanks for the optimism. Yeah. But yeah, let's hope we Monday when we meet on Monday's podcast with the crew. We are talking about our first silverware of the season. One down, three to go is what I'm not, hoping. Not that hope. We will be. be talking about our first. We will be talking. Season. Okay. See, I love the optimism. This is why we got to bring you on a lot more <laughs> <laughs> so I can sleep at night. Well, Dave, Chris, thanks a lot, guys. This was a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks to all thanks those listening. Me, Do all those sharing, liking, and all that kind of good stuff. And then we will see you guys again on Monday. Take care, everybody.